You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. The title of my message today is Shift, Shift. We're going to watch two clips from uh, one of the greatest trilogies ever made, uh, made by a Kiwi, Peter Jackson, based on the writings of J.R.R. Tolkien. And uh, Tolkien was, was, uh, was an incredible human, an incredible Christian, a prophetic voice uh, in his time, product of homeschooling for those who are homeschoolers and for those who awaken academy, he was a product of and uh, just an extraordinary mind, brilliant mind. He wrote The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. And so we're going to look at two clips from The Lord of the Rings. And the reason we're going to look at these two clips today is the first one's going to explain to you our assignment. What, what is Awakened Church all about? What is our assignment? Our assignment is to shift the spirit over a city. It is to shift the mindsets that we walk into the house of God with. It is to shift your view of what is possible. Jesus said, with men, this will be impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things. Come on, somebody say all things. All things are possible. So let me just set this up before we go into the first clip. Uh, You were created to walk in the blessing of God. You were created to walk in the blessing of God. In Genesis 1, God created man in His image and in His likeness. Uh, And then the Bible says this in verse 28, And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, exercise dominion. God bless them. God bless them. Now, if you and I were to transport back in time to the Garden of Eden in Genesis, and we would see where that was being written, that God blessed them, you would say, that's a little bit weird. Because there's just Adam. God bless them, but there's just Adam. You and I, because we live in time and our brains are conditioned to process in time, would have said, no, no, God, you're not blessing them. You're blessing him. You're blessing there's just one. Eve hasn't come yet. She comes in chapter 2. So it's Genesis 1. But you and I process in time. God does not live in time. He doesn't see in time. So the reason that God, it says, that and God blessed them is because he already saw through Adam the generations. So the blessing came on Adam and on the generations. That blessing has never left. That blessing has never left. However, just like the sun is shining today, we may not have seen the sun because of the clouds. So there's a cloud cover. If you go into a plane, you go above the clouds, you will see that, oh my gosh, the sun is shining. It was just blocked out by the clouds. The clouds are the the things of this life because we live in a fallen world. We live in a messed up world. We live in a world where there is a spirit of this age, where there is demonic forces, and they will cloud the blessing of God to get you to live believing that, that, you know, if the sun breaks through, then it's an anomaly. It's a miracle, but that's not normal. I've got to get used to living under a cloud. I've got to get used to living with obstruction. I've got to get used to living under the circumstances. I've got to get used to just living that life ain't fair. And But but God wants you to know that there, there are blessings. When... when we heard the beautiful testimony and encouragement around our giving from Pastor Gladys Batiste. Uh, as she was sharing, she began to share about legacy. And some of us may say, well, you know, it's easy for her. She's married to El Guapo. She's married to Rudy the Mexican cutie. And he, you know, you go to San Quintin, they know him as Rudy the Mexican cutie. You go to Guadalajara, he's, you know... Rudy the Mexican, I mean, it's a little bit sickening if I was honest with you. But, but, and you may say, well, it's because she, ha- and, but here's the thing. The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. So if he will do it for Mike and Katie, he'll do it for you. If he'll do it for Pastor Stacy, he'll do it for you. If he'll do it for Pastor Rudy and Pastor Glass, if he'll do it for Pastor Ito and Glo- he'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. Well, then how come, how come it's not working in my life? God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles. He is a respecter of his principles. So let me just say this, that the the blessing of God is trying to flow into your life. And our job at Awaken is to position you to recognize what are the obstructions, what are the hindrances, what are the blockages that are keeping me from walking in the blessing. 
Now, if, if that's a problem, if you come from a church that has preached against prosperity or tried to say, hey, be careful of that awakened church, that pastor up there, he's like Joel Osteen. Friend, God's got a plan for you. You know, if, he, if they try and say that, that, you know, we're... Let me just tell you, if you go to the land of Israel, you will find that Israel is flanked. Israel is flanked by two seas. In the north, you, you, you have the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is full of life. It is full of fish. And the Jordan flows in and then out of there, there are rivers that flow out of. In fact, the, the rivers flow down into another sea down at the southern end, which is the Dead Sea. And, and there are two seas, only two seas. The Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. The, the, why is the Dead Sea the Dead Sea? Because it receives, but it never gives. It just, it just takes in. And because it takes in and has no outflow, everything in it dies. And so God was teaching the nation of Israel that the, the, through, through you, all the world will be blessed. Remember, it began with Abraham. That from Israel came Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. The law, the law, the Ten Commandments, every, the whole world is blessed from this nation. That from Zion shall go forth salvation. From Zion shall go forth the law. From Zion shall go forth the Mashiach, the Messiah. From Zion, so, so God was showing them. But if you withhold, if you retreat, then you'll be dead like the Dead Sea. Your life is meant to be like the Sea of Galilee. You're meant to receive from God, but it's meant to not just stop with you. It's meant to flow through you. Does that make sense? So you and I are blessed to be a blessing. So whenever somebody gives you a hard time about prosperity, just say, well, friend, you need to read the Bible. Or if you can't read the Bible, go to Israel and see there are two seas and we are called to be the Sea of Galilee, not the Dead Sea. We are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. All right. All right, so grab this pulpit. You know, someone's going to do a workout. I know that uh, oh, this handsome man's going to do the workout, so we're going to pull that down. Let's watch the very, very first clip, and then we'll explain it. Ah, I cannot allow you before Theoden King so armed and upgrade him by order of Grima Wormtongue. Somewhat lessened of late, Theoden King. He's not welcome. Why should I welcome you, Gandalf's Stormcrow? A just question, my liege. Late is the hour in which this conjurer chooses to appear. Last spell I name you. Ill news is an ill guest. Be silent. Give your full tongue behind your teeth. I have not passed through fire and death to bandy crooked words with a witless wolf. Stop. I told you to take the wizard. Stop. Hey, Son of Fenger. I would stay still if I were you. Hearken to me. I release you. Spell. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> you have no power here, Gandalf the Grey. <laughs> The title of this message is Shift, and point number one is the spirit of a spell. The spirit of a spell. Jesus said, my words are spirit, and they are life. All words are spirit, but not all words are life. And in that scene there, we saw that Grima Wormtongue was that continual voice whispering. We tried to put that in, in Twisted. If, if you saw Twisted or the new one that's coming up, the dark shadow, the dark fellow, speaking lies, feeding me lies, but I listened. All of us live, believe it or not, under the script. All of us live under a, a whisper. All of us live under a spirit. We live under a spell. In fact, the word gospel literally comes from the old English, God spell. God spell. That behind the word, there is a spirit. But what spirit are you under? Whether you realize it or not, but there are ge geographical places that have a, have a word over them. We see this in the Bible. In Jesus' day, they said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That they couldn't believe that when they heard that Jesus came from, what, he came from Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth was a curse word. Can anything good, because there was a, a word, there was a script over that place. When we came to San Diego, there was a script over San Diego that you couldn't build a spirit-filled church uh, or a large one, one of thousands. There, there, there would be no mega church in San Diego that would be a spirit-filled church. And in order to build, but, but we, didn't, we, we weren't coming here to come under the spirit, to come under the script. We were here to shift the script. We're here to shift the spirit. So every, every spirit, every spirit creates what, you know, like a spell. But that spirit is empowered by the word that is spoken over. We see that word is not just over a, over a geographical region, but sometimes we see it over a family, over a family. I remember growing up, there was, there was a particular family. And it was like, it was like when you found out that one of the children came from that family, it was almost like a, you, you, it was an excuse to realize, oh, okay, you're from that family. Because it was, it was, it was like there was like this, a curse, like a ceiling over that family. I remember when I was first dating Leanne, four doors down from Leanne was a particular house. And they had broken windows and they had garbage bags instead of curtains to keep the rain from coming out. They never repaired the broken windows. They never mowed the lawns. And, uh, and they would drive past and it was the such and such house. And they had children. The eldest child ended up in jail. The second one ended up drowning in a creek. The third one ended up overdosing on drugs. It, it, was, like, it was like there was like a, like a curse over that, that house because there was a word. When people come in to awaken, 
We want to awaken you to the reality that there is a spiritual dimension. We want to awaken you to the reality that you may very well be living under a script. You may be living under a word. Maybe words were spoken over to you that that's not how we do it in this family or nobody has ever become a millionaire in this family or no one has ever become successful. You know what? Debt and struggle. Hey, heart disease. The doctor may have said, well, you know, this is this is just a genetic thing that is passed down. You know, if your uncle died of, if your grandfather died of, then it's just passed down. I want you to understand that you do not have to live. You do not have to coexist with the whispering of the dark one that when you come into this house, when you come into this house, there is an authority. There is an authority that comes to shift the script to break the words of that spirit so that you can step out of what is impossible with men into an all things are possible network. Can somebody say amen? And so what we saw in that scene was King Theoden laughing until, you know, you have no authority here, Gandalf the Grey. He was no longer Gandalf the Grey. He was Gandalf the White. And then he was able to drive out that spirit. And as soon as that spirit was broken, did, you, you saw the whole complexion, the whole countenance, the whole demeanor change. One of the, one of the uh, criticisms we always get is, oh, at Awakened Church, you've got to be good looking. You've got to look like Enrique. <laughs> you've got to be good looking like the Jaegers. I mean, look at Mike Jaeger. He looks like Matthew McConaughey. Look at his beautiful wife. She looks like a French runway supermodel, doesn't it? I mean, it's, but here's the Bible. The Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall renew their youth like the eagles. So guess what? When you're under that spirit, it, it, but when you come out from under that thing, you will find that there's a, a renewing where there's a life coming. You're not living under the stress and the distress that taxes you. So you better believe you're going to get better looking in this house. Somebody say amen. Amen. So come out from under that spirit. That's the first thing. We, we, we want you to understand that you don't have to live under the whisper or even under the curse words. Maybe, maybe people have said, hey, this is just what it is. And you've received those words. Sometimes they're passed down. Well, that's just always what it's like for the Metesias. That's what I remember many years ago when I, when I first had my book, Push, published, and uh, and. I was trying to see that they told me they were going to put it on all these, you know, sites and everything. So I just did a Google search, Metesius Prayer, thinking that Metesius Prayer would bring up push. Instead of Metesius Prayer bringing up push, it brought up a book on prayer called Rules for Prayer, written by Johannes Metesius, way back in the 16th century or in the 1600s. And I'm like, who the heck? And it's spelled exactly the same, M-A-T-T-H-E-S-I-U-S, which is not a very common name. So all I was aware of was that my father ran away from home, that he became the very thing that he despised in his father. His father was uh, a violent, alcoholic, abusive man. My father, because he had bitterness towards my father, he became, so all I knew was there was two generations of Metesius as violent, abusive, and so my mother would say to me, oh, well, that's just a Metesius, you know, that's what, you know. And so, so I lived with a whisper, I lived with a script that this would be my battle, this would be my struggle. But now I'm doing this search and I find out Johannes Metesius wrote a book called Rules for Prayer. So I thought, well, who on earth is this Johannes Metesius? And then I come to find out that he was Martin Luther. Martin Luther, the Reformationist, Martin Luther, he was his biographer and wine taster. And he, him and, and Luther were best friends. And then I looked at his place of birth and he was born in Eisenach. And I'm like, that's where my dad was born. So I said to my dad, I said, Dad, do you, oh, yeah, yeah, he must have been Martin Luther. I said, you never told me that. All I thought was it. All I knew was the three generations of Metesius and was freaking junk and jacked up, junk and jacked up. You never told me I had a guy who wrote a book on prayer who helped Martin Luther with the Reformation to bring a transfer. You never told me that. As soon as I discovered that, I thought, I don't have to live under this spirit anymore. Can somebody say amen? Now watch this. The next two points, the next two points are very, very powerful because Gandalf the White that we just saw that exercised and the, 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 the demonic presence, the demonic control, the demonic influence over King Theoden, 
He went from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White. But how did he go from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White? How did Pastor Rudy and Pastor Gladys, Gladys when they come in, Gladys Batiste, when they came into the house of God, how did they come from where they are today to, to a higher authority? How did Ito and Lori come to the place where they're now pastors with an authority? Can I just tell you, it's battles that they fought, battles that they've overcome. So let's watch this next video and we'll see how he comes from Gandalf the Great to Gandalf the White. Moria, you fear to go into those mines. The dwarves delve too greedily and too deep. Know what they awoke in the darkness of Khazadun. Shadow and flame. is near. Do as I say! Swords are no more use here. to the secret fire, wielder of the flame of Arnor. Dark fire will not avail you, flame of Udun! Go back to the shadow!
yourself! It cannot be. Forgive me. I mistook you for Saruman. I am Saruman. Rather Saruman as he should have been. You fell. Through fire. And water. From the lowest dungeon to the highest peak, I fought him in the power of Morgoth. Last, I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. Darkness took me, and I strayed out of thought and time. The stars wheeled overhead, every day upon the life age of the earth. I felt life in me again. I've been sent back until my task is done. Gandalf. Gandalf? Yes. That was what they used to call me. Gandalf the Grey. That was my name. Gandalf. I am Gandalf the White. And I come back to you now. At the turn of the tide. All righty, just in the, in the few minutes left, let me give you points two and points three. Points number two is the necessity of an adversary. The necessity of an adversary. Uh, in this life, there, there are times where you're going to wrestle with giants. You're going to face Goliaths. You're going to face adversity. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The word adversary means one who actively opposes. For your adversary, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So the Bible doesn't say avoid. The Bible just says, hey, be sober and be vigilant because you have an adversary. Come with me in your Bibles to um, 1 Chronicles. I think it is 1 Chronicles 22. Now, 1 Chronicles 11, verse 22. 1 Chronicles eleven twenty-two, And uh, have a look what it, what it says here. If I can find it. There we go. Verse 22 says, Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also gone down and killed a lion in a pit, in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. Verse 23, he killed an Egyptian, a man of great height, five cubits, nine feet tall. In the Egyptian's hand, there was a spear like a weaver's beam. And he went down to him with a staff, and he wrested the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. These things Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, did and earned a place amongst the mighty men. May I just say to you that a few weeks ago, Pastor Tracy Armstrong spoke to our men. And what he talked about to, to our men about was about having a lion heart. And he says, a lion-hearted hero is somebody that goes into a battle undergunned. They go into a battle where it looks like they're outmatched. But it's only, it only appears that you're outmatched because what the enemy holds in his hand will be yours in this victory for your promotion to the next level. So David went into the battle with Goliath. And the Bible says, but there was no sword in David's hand. And yet David said to Goliath, this day I'm going to take your head from your shoulders. 
there was no sword in David's hand because David would take Goliath down with a rock and then take the sword that belonged to Goliath and cut off Goliath's head with it. Years later, David would be fleeing from Saul and he would go into the house of Abiathar the priest and he would say, is there any weapons here? And Abiathar says, well, there's no weapons here except the sword of Goliath. And he says, you earned this sword. This is your sword. And David says, give it to me. There is none like it. Because when whatever you take into the battle, Pastor Tracy Armstrong said, is what you, what from the, the victories you've had prior to this moment. Moses had a, a shepherd's rod, but when he came to God, wrestled with God, wrestled with the calling of God, God said, throw it down. And when he picked it up again, no longer was it called Moses's shepherd's staff. After that, it became the rod of God, the rod of God. So God will always lead you into battle. It's the, the enemy is not there to take from you. The enemy, believe it or not, God has already preordained that you will defeat whatever you overcome. There are seven letters to seven churches in the book of Revelation. And all of them, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to him who overcomes. I will allow to eat from the tree of life. To him who overcomes, I will give a new name. To him who overcomes, his name will never be blotted out of the book of life. To him who overcomes, I will give authority over the nations. To him who overcomes. So you will find that all the way through the book of Revelation, there are seven letters to seven churches. They all finish with, to him who overcomes, I will give. To him who overcomes, I will give. To him who overcomes, I will give. You will create every battle that you're facing, every adversity that you're facing. Goliath looked like, it appeared like Goliath was David's demise but Goliath was not David's demise Goliath became David's elevation became David's promotion up until that time David was a shepherd of a few sheep but after defeating Goliath he was now the anointed appointed talked about sang about king of Israel Saul has slain his thousands David his tens of thousands I'm telling you right now that whatever adversity you're facing Whatever enemy, whatever obstacle, when we, we were coming to San Diego, a year before we came to San Diego, we sold our property in Australia and we bought an acre. I had three little boys and the house that we lived in had no backyard and, and my, my eldest two played soccer and I wanted to have some space, Marco Contreras, I wanted to have a yard where they could play football in the backyard. And so I said to everyone, I'm believing God for an acre. And everybody said to me, no, no, the northern beaches is a, a tiny little peninsula. There are no acres. I said, I'm going to get an acre with, with ocean views. I said, it's impossible. And uh, a few months later, I bought at 288 Powder Works Road, Ingleside, an acre with ocean views to build this home. No sooner had we closed escrow that all of a sudden the word of the Lord came, leave everything and go to San Diego. I'm, I'm like, what? leave everything, go to San Diego. I'm like, God, your timing is lousy. Now, I know, God, you live outside of time. That's probably why you have no concept of time. But let me, what I didn't realize was God wanting me, wanted me to fight an adversity. He wanted me to fight an adversary. He wanted me to fight a spirit that said that this is not because I'm going to send you to a city where when you arrive in San Diego, people will tell you it's the fifth most expensive real estate in all of America and there's no zoning in San Diego for churches because the city enjoys the taxes that come from businesses so none of the churches are willing to give up their 501c3 or give up their tax exempt buildings so just get used to renting school halls you won't own a building but they didn't realize that I went into a battle in Australia with, with, with my staff, I, I, went in, I went in with what I had from my... Moses was a shepherd, and God says, what is in your hand, you're going to now wrestle from the enemy and it's going to overcome. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. Remember when he went to Pharaoh? His rod ate up the rods of... First thing that happened. First thing that happened, the Egyptian, uh, the Egyptian magicians threw their rods down and their rods became serpents. But Moses' rod ate up theirs because whatever the enemy has working against you, God is going to take from him and you're going to use that to defeat him, to defeat him. Remember the 12 spies? The, the 12 spies, when, when they arrived, 10 spies looked at the giants and says, we are not able when we, when we do a comparison, their cities are fortified. They have the high ground. 
They have weaponry. We've been slaves for 400 years. What we bring is, we, 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 we bring our slavery, we, we bring our stuff, but they've got spears. But Joshua and Caleb said, what are you talking about? They are our bread. They are our food. Their protection has let us go up. In other words, Joshua and Caleb said, yes, we enter with a staff and they may have a spear, but God has ordained that whatever we conquer, whatever we defeat, we, we receive the authority. We receive the spear. We receive the, we have authority. Whatever you overcome, you have authority over. You have authority over. So I grew up in a home where there was alcoholism, where there was rejection, where there was abuse, there was generational dysfunction. Pornography was, was in the home. So I got saved. I got saved. And I thought, well, now that I'm saved, those things will just magically go away. But I found that the enemy roams around like a roaring lion, that, that my grandfather turned his back or just bowed his knee, that my father just kicked the can down the road, and now it had landed into my lap. And was I just going to kick the can down the road and, and play victim? No, I realized, I realized that to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, whatever you overcome, you have authority over. The devil, the adversary, the enemy that is oppressing you, as you overcome this church, awakened church, will get you filled with the power of the Most High God. You will be filled with the Holy Ghost. You'll be filled with a power so that whatever is in front of you is not greater than that which is in you so that you, do, you dispossess the weaponry of devil after devil, demon after demon, authority after authority, giant after giant, Goliath after Goliath because you and I are called not to to sit back and, and let the world and let circumstances dictate, but rather we are called more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? You and I are called to shift the culture, shift the spirit, shift the atmosphere, to break the spell over San Diego. And the way that He does it is He does it over communities, He does it over families, and He does it over our very life. Benaiah goes in with a staff, but he wrests the spear out of the enemy and kills the Egyptian with his own spear. David took the spear of Goliath and killed Goliath with his own spear. Whatever the devil has done against you. The, 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 the devil, we see people all the time, they, it was drug addiction that the devil used to take, try to take them out. And then they get saved and they get delivered and they get overcome. And now they have rehab centers where they're setting, setting other people free, other people free, other people free, other people free. Beautiful Pastor Morgan Irvin. Pastor Morgan Irvin, who was a, a, an addict, but has now coming up, I think he's almost 30 years sober and has literally led hundreds and hundreds of people to freedom. Why? Because the sword and the spear that the enemy once had designed to kill him, when he overcome, he now possesses that spear and he is now setting other people free. If right now you're saying, man, I'm facing an enemy, I'm facing adversity, you need to understand the Lord has preordained for you to have victory. The Bible says, through our God, we shall do valiantly for it is He who treads down our enemies. It is He that gives us victory. And in every victory, there's an authority transfer that comes to you. There's an authority transfer that comes to you. I can pray over my children. And the things that were kicked down the road, my children don't have to struggle with because I have an authority because I faced. He became Gandalf the White because he faced the Balrog as Gandalf the Grey. And when he defeated it, a new authority came to him. Who's ready for some new authority? Who's ready for some new authority? All right, I've got to finish. Number three, the last one, the last one is the power of problems. You may be saying, hang on, I came to church to hear positive news. You're talking about the spirit of a spell, the necessity of an adversary. Now you're talking about the power. I didn't come for pro Now listen, in this life, you're always going to have problems. Many years ago, Dale Carnegie, who was, you know, uh, was a motivational speaker, was a great marketplace guru, was mentoring a young man. And the young man was just fed up with, with uh, the hiring and the firing and staffing issues and, you know, 
all the legalities and the logistics of a business and marketplace and market share and advertising and, mar- and he just said oh man he goes you know what there are just days I just want to go to a place where there's no more problems and Dale Carnegie said oh, I'll jump in my car I'll take you there now he's like what a place like that exists? yeah of course a place like that exists jump in guy gets in the car he thinks he's going off to Disneyland but how many people know that sometimes you can go to Disneyland and the, the day that you're there the fast pass isn't working it's like, dear God, I thought this was the happiest place on it. You know, there are four-hour lines in, you know, squildering heat. It's like, so even Disneyland has problems. So this guy's wondering, where do we go? And he goes over this hill, and there's this beautiful green grass. And then all of a sudden, he pulls up at these gates, and he says, there it is, a place where there's no more problems. And it's a graveyard. It's a graveyard. He says, if you want no more problems, there it is. But in this life, you're always going to have problems. Problems aren't sent your way to take you out. Samson, the anointing came upon Samson. The anointing was activated in Samson's life every time there was a problem. The Bible says he went down to Timnah and a young lion came out of the, the vines, out of the vineyards of Timnah to attack. And as the lion leapt, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he tore the lion in half. As, a, as one would tear apart a young goat, which Mike said is quite easy. I didn't realize it was an easy thing to do. But the Philistines are upon you, the Spirit of the Lord would come. One time, the, the children of Israel were so incensed with, they, they were just happy just to live subservient. They were just happy to live with mask mandates and mandatory vaccine. They were just happy to live. Just, hey, let's just not... And so they tied Samson up and he says, promise me you won't kill me yourself. They said, we promise we won't. But they handed him over and 6,000 Philistines came out to, to take Samson. And the Bible says, as soon as he was handed over, the Philistines began to shout, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. He was in a bind, literally. He was facing a problem, literally. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and the, the, the ropes became like flax, <laughs> snapped. And he looked and saw the jawbone of a donkey and he picked it up and he slew a thousand men. The other 5,000 fled because they didn't want to be a thousand and one, thousand and two, thousand and three, thousand. But every time he was in a problem, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. How many people here have heard of Solomon? Solomon in the Bible. Solomon, you know, sits on the throne of David, his father, but he was just a young guy, he's 23. And that night he has a dream. And in the dream, the Lord appears to Solomon and says, Solomon, ask. If you could ask for anything, what would you ask for? And Solomon says, oh Lord, the kingdom and the throne, the weight of the crown is so heavy. He says, Lord, give me wisdom that I may know how to go in and out before these people, that I may know how to lead these people. I'm a young man and inexperienced. And God said to him, huh, because you didn't ask for riches and fame, because you didn't ask for the life of your enemies, these I will give to you because they actually flow out of wisdom anyway. Bible says, and Solomon woke up from his dream. Now, we, we all have dreams. And when you have a dream, you're like, man, I had the craziest dream. I had the cool dream. And, but it was a dream. You don't know if it's real. Well, no sooner has he woken up that um, boom, 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 there's a knock on the door. King, oh, I hate to bother you. We've got a situation none of us can solve. And he's like, what is it? Well, there are two ladies. Um, they live together. They share. They're both prostitutes. They live under the same roof, save money. And both of them got pregnant a year ago. They both had little babies. And in the night, one of the mamas rolled over on her baby and suffocated the baby. And then took that baby and exchanged it with the live baby. So when the other woman woke up, she's like looking at a dead baby. But she knows her baby because she nurses it every day. That's not my baby. And was, yes, it is. This one's mine. That one's yours. Yours is the dead one. And so they bring, and they're like, they're both arguing, claiming that the live baby is theirs and the dead baby is the other person's. What do we do? Solomon had a dream that God gave him wisdom. So all of a sudden, thought comes into Solomon. He calls one of his soldiers over. And the soldier comes over. Yes, my liege. He says, take out your sword. He says, cut the baby in half and give half to each woman. Immediately, Immediately, one of the women said, no, 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 please, no, no, don't, don't harm the baby. Let her have it. Let her have the child. But the other woman says, no, cut it in half. We'll both have half. 
the psalmist says, "Aha!" Uh-huh. He says, you're not the mama, sweetheart. He says, she's the mama. Hurting people want to hurt people. You're never so full of judgment than when you're under judgment. He says, this one's the mama. Take the child, give it to her. And the Bible says, when people heard about the fame of Solomon, Solomon had wisdom given to him in a dream. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Awaken Airlines. There are two exits in the forward doors, two exits in the rear doors. Should the cabin lose pressure, masks will fall from the ceiling. Place your own mask on yourself first, then you can assist children. Pull down on the mask to activate the flow of oxygen. The problems that hit us is how we pull down to activate the flow of wisdom. God sends a problem. The cabin loses cabin pressure. But as we pull down, it activates the flow. He received in a dream wisdom, but it was the problem that caused him to pull down to activate the flow of wisdom. We see problems as things to be avoided. What we do with problems is rather than pull down from heaven and activate the flow from heaven, we reach out and ask, you know, Mr. Jack Daniels, would he help us with our problems? But I've got to be honest with you, Jack is useless in problems. There's a reason we call it jacked up. If I was honest with you, his cousin, Jimmy Beam, just as useless. Now I know there's a guy called Captain, he walks around, I'm Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan, he's just as useless. You don't need to reach out to Captain Morgan or Jimmy Beam or Jack Daniels. They are useless in problems. Some people it's like, my problem. Only to find that it looks like it. It appears the problem's gone away. I feel happy. Only to find that when you come down, the problem is, in fact, if anything, it's gotten worse. You don't need to reach out. You need to reach up and activate the flow. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. I wouldn't ask for wisdom if I didn't face a problem that goes beyond my expertise. It goes beyond my, the power of problems, the necessity of an adversity, the spirit of a spell. Just turn your palms towards heaven. Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters. J.R.R. Tolkien was a beautiful Christian man, homeschooled. He was a parent, uh, his mother homeschooled him till she died when he was 14. But he wanted to, to explain kingdom things to an emerging generation. And the clips that we saw today show the spirit of a spell so we can break that spirit. But it shows that the power of problems and the necessity of adversity, that whatever you overcome, you take the authority of that thing. Father, I thank you today for your sons and daughters. I thank you today for the Spirit of God and the power of God resting on each and every life. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for freedom. I declare every spell, every word, every script that has been spoken over their lives, over their finances, over their bodies, over their health, over their marriages, over their families. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ, today they break alignment with that. They come out from under that, but they come into alignment with what the Bible says. They come into alignment with what the Word says. They're not listening to what the devil says any longer. They come out of that and they come into alignment with what God has said. God says that with Him all things are possible. God says that I'm blessed. God says that I'm highly favored. God says that His goodness flows towards me. God says that peace is is my portion. God says that His favor and loving kindness is upon me. I thank you for that, Father. And I thank you for everybody facing a giant today, that in the defeating of that giant, the sword that belonged to the giant will belong to you. I have found over my children that we were able to set a completely different legacy. Completely different legacy. My children don't have to struggle with the things that I struggle with. They don't have to battle the things that I battled because I stood and I fought that Balrog. I fought that giant. Now there's authority over it. Fathers, I want you to know 
It may have been unfair what came down to you. It may have been unfair what was passed on to you. But I want you to know that the Lord your God is with you. He hasn't left you and He will not forsake you. And greater is He that is on the inside of you than whatever you're facing. Whether it's alcoholism, whether it's lust, whether it's pornography, whether it's a drug addiction, a gambling addiction, whatever you're facing. The devil wants you to hide it. He is the master of shame. Shame is the way the devil keeps you chained to your transgression. It's the way he keeps you chained to your addiction. But if you'll just let go of that shame and come out and realize Jesus didn't die to shame you. He died to break the chains of shame from you, to give you power and authority over it, that you're going to overcome. You're going to wipe out. You're going to break down. You're going to destroy. You're going to defeat. You're going to possess the sword in your hand. Father, and I thank you for the flow of heavenly oxygen, the flow of heavenly wisdom over each and every one of us who might now be facing problems. Wisdom flows where problems reside. Wisdom flows without a problem. You don't ask for wisdom. Your wisdom's about to go to a new level. Daniel was promoted in four kingdoms, four successive kingdoms, because he was an incredible, incredible problem solver. Joseph, we know Joseph in the Bible because Pharaoh had a problem seven years of the worst famine and the worst drought ever to hit the Middle East. But there was a problem solver that had wisdom from an extraterrestrial source called Joseph that navigated through. Your problems have a power that is flowing towards you. Now, while every head is bent, every eye closed, everything rises and falls on receiving Christ. If you're here today and you've never surrendered to Jesus, I'm not saying, you know, attend church or got baptized as a child. In, in the words of prophet Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel. Does Jesus have the wheel or is Jesus riding shotgun? For some of us, you know, we have him riding up front, but every time he reaches, we slap his hand. Hey, Jesus, no, no, no. I just want you to bless where I'm going. That's not how this thing works. You've got to let Jesus take the wheel. For some of us, Jesus is riding in the back seat. He doesn't do good. Some of us, we've got Jesus in the trunk. Why would we have Jesus in the trunk? Well, you know, I don't want to go to hell, Jesus, but at the same time, I'm not ready for people to, to know that, you know, so I've got you in the trunk, want to go to heaven, want you in my car. I just don't want other people to see because you cramp my style. When, I, when I'm going out with that young lady, I know she's not a Christian and I know where we're going and I know some of the intentions in my heart, they're not Christian intention. That's why you're in the trunk, Jesus. So you can't shh, just quiet, shh, quiet, shh, quiet down. She can hear you and no, no, get Jesus out of the trunk. You get into the shotgun seat. Let Jesus take the wheel. It's been a few times I've reached over to grab the steering wheel. I can take it from here, Jesus. I probably shouldn't take it from here. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.